Welcome to the Jackson Cloud. I'm Jamin. I'm Casey. And I'm Olivia. And we are an online church. You can join the online conversations in the comments below at our webpage, jacksoncloud.com, or on our Discord, where most of the conversation goes on. You'll find the link for that in the information on this video. Go click on that, join the Discord, download the app, and have good times with us. For now, uh, we're in the series on Genesis, just kind of hitting on some conversations throughout it. And today I wanted to kind of have a more like less deep scriptural conversation and more like broad current world philosophy conversation built off of the perspective of Genesis. So in the beginning, God makes the world and every time he makes something, he says it is good, good and uh, very good even. Now that's a Hebrew word, tob, uh, which uh, is good like pleasing, it's good to look upon, it is, um, you know, you would imagine like morally good or it's meant for good purpose, things like that. Um, but what I feel our world often acts like, whether you're Christian or not, um, the world often acts off a different philosophy, which is more or less like uh, God has created us perfect like just the way we are, everything that we are is exactly as it should be. And therefore, like we have our own truth, we have our own perfection, and we shouldn't try to be anything else. I don't know, do you guys feel like you come across this kind of teaching at all? When you look at like Facebook posts or... In the world I've seen it for sure. I mean, yeah, um, yeah I've definitely seen that, I mean, I don't think anybody necessarily says they were made perfect. Because, I mean, I feel like that's a little too far. But, like, being made just the way you're supposed to be is usually the way that I hear that phrased. Hmm. What about you? I feel like there's definitely, like, a philosophical debate to go on there. Because are we born into sin, already sinners? Or do we become a sinner when we're old enough and make our first sin? Because in order to be perfect, then you can't really be a sinner. But we're all sinners, so we're not perfect. Yeah, well, but we're are all... are we born perfect before we sin? I don't know. Well, so it's just like a question in general. First off, is everybody who is born in existence um, free of every imperfection? I guess it depends on what you... Well, I mean, let's think mean if... mean is an imperfection? Well, so like... For example, some are built like, you know, built. <laughs> some are born with like severe handicaps of different sorts. So like a good example is I have a messed up stomach. It doesn't work properly the way it should. I learned that when I was an adult, but I'm pretty sure it's not something that developed. It is just a problem that I was born with that was always bound to happen. So does that mean Say it. that it's perfect, even though there's clearly a mess up within my stomach? Or is it imperfect because we live in an imperfect world and stuff happens? Yeah, well, the way that the Bible phrases it from like a Garden of Eden perspective, right, is we 
we were uh, made good, not perfect. If we were made perfect, we would have never sinned in the first place and brought about the fall of humanity, right? So we were made good. We were with good intention. We have been constructed good. We're pleasing to the eye. We're good in all the ways that Tob means it, but not perfect. And we fail, and then the whole world is affected by our failures, right? Sin has gotten so much into like the effect of everything that when God says, okay, now the ground is cursed, there's going to be thistles and thorns, like this is not part of the Edenic version that God hoped now things are, the world itself has been affected. Women are going to have childbirth pains even more so because of, of the way that the curse has affected, you know, like this is a story that the Bible says. So things were made good and then things got less good because, well, not less good, but like it's been diminished in some way. It's been affected altered. by sin, altered by sin. And, and the beautiful vision the Bible paints is don't worry, we're going to get back to not only where things are very good, but perfect, because I'll make you all like the image of, of my son, Jesus, and the resurrection, and I'll bring you all to, to the real like perfection of what I have always planned from the beginning. But, but... We are not there yet. I think that's what's difficult for me is like uh, the world philosophy that is not just the world. I see this in the church all the time is the philosophy has become like, I am perfect just the way I am. Why? Well, I believe in God and, and I believe that God made me. Okay. But like that doesn't therefore like, <laughs> well, here's the, here's the, the train of thought that that comes like mm-hmm. that that goes to is that, you know, well, God is perfect and Whatever God makes is then perfect, and so then I must be made perfect because I'm made by God. And that's what people count as scripture, but that's not what the scripture says. It says God made the world good, not perfect. Right? It's not to say that God is incapable of creating perfection, but within our world, he designed it with goodness. It's good. So God created something intentionally not perfect? seems to be what the Bible said is he made it good. So like we're, we're afraid to like say that for right. some reason, but like if God wanted to make perfection, he would have made a bunch of robots without free will who could carry out the mission seamlessly and perfectly and couldn't choose this tree and all these other things. Instead, he made it good. It is morally pleasing. It, it it's meant to, it's his creation meant to reflect him, especially humans, because they have the image of God upon them. Um, but when we get to this philosophy of like, I am perfect just the way I am, like when we look at the science of just the way we are, like there's so much moral imperfection we come across all the time. For example, there are a lot of like, uh, if we were to take that to an extreme, we could then say like, all right, we meet a person, got really high testosterone, and just has a super high sex drive and wants to have sex with everyone and at all times, you know, like, well, that's just the way you were made and you're perfect just the way you are and God wouldn't have messed that up. So you are designed to have sex and go for it. You know, like that would be like, that's extremely heretical. It's also an extreme of an example. Right. But that's the way we act a lot of times. It's like, if I feel a certain way or I have, 
feelings of any variety of ideas, well, God designed me this way. And if I can prove that there's a science in me that says I feel what I feel is actually science, then God designed me in this way and I, I can pursue that. Whereas the Bible is all about, I don't want to say all about. The New Testament is about removing your flesh to live by the Spirit, right? Well, I mean, I might be jumping the gun, but we'll see. Um, I don't know. If you think about it, I almost think that... Now, this is could be heretical, so we'll see how this goes. But I feel like we were designed to be in His presence. Yeah. So, like, our perfection is made with the power source of his presence. I'm trying to sum this up in different terms, but like, yeah, we could be made perfect by the presence of being within God's presence. And that would then make us then perfect. If that I'm using it as a power source, thinking of it as like this radiance, because I mean, the human body has been shown to have some adaptability. And so I feel like that power source being missing is what has caused us to go so far to the wrong direction. Following to some extent. Okay. But at least like the designed for Olivia's not. I'm following the designed for God's presence part. Right. Part of the difficulty throughout the Bible is that people aren't supposed to get too close to God's presence because you're not like perfect enough in right, morality but, and you might like die from your sin if you get too close to God who's holy and perfect. Right, right? but there has been those instances where like being within his presence has caused you to start glowing. Right. Like so he's rubbing off on you or something. Well, you've absorbed some of his presence by being within his presence. So that's why I'm saying like power source because it's like you know, if we get close to if we get the charge, like the God's charge like we get recharged by being within the presence of God as like the human battery. I mean, it's, let's like I said, it was a little bit out there. Well, but I'm trying to bring... explaining this in the way his, his sci-fi mechanism wants to portray it. <laughs> right. Um, Do you like to re-explain it? For I the... think. <laughs> I'm going to try to explain this a different way. Tell me if I'm on the same train of thought or not. Okay. Because the human body knows how to adapt to the situations and circumstances it's in. When we are with God, we learn to adapt into being better humans. Yeah. Okay. Why would you just say that? <laughs> well, because I'm thinking it like as, as a quantifiable item of his presence mm -hmm. being a power source. Just because that's the way I think about things. I like, I... I enjoy sci-fi. I like the study of batteries and technology. And so like the study of batteries. <laughs> Listen, it's going to be the batologist. What, what is that? I don't know what that study is. Anyway, <laughs> um, I like solid state batteries are the future. I'm just saying, oh, okay. but like in that same idea of like, you know, what could we be missing? And part of the things that we're missing is being in God's presence. Yeah, so like part of the difficulty of getting back to God's presence is we're not perfect enough. If we get close, we might die. That's the way that kind of the Old Testament kind of paints a picture. Yet at the same time, God is gracious enough to show up and let us into his presence. 
and suffer quite a bit of immorality right around his temple if you're paying close attention to to the scriptures. So uh, he's more graceful with us than like the stories sometimes lead on. But um, we, uh, at the same time, yeah, we're on a journey back to his presence. If his presence is in Eden and we were removed from his presence and the end of the Bible ends back in Eden, then obviously like we're on our way there. But how do we get there the second time? is through resurrection. Resurrection is a new immortal body that is perfect, cannot be corrupted, and can live in God's presence, and is even like morally perfect. Like more or less we're all, we all look like Jesus in how we live and how we uh, act and, and in the resurrection body that he has we put on as well. But Paul writes about the resurrection as like a seed that's already within us right now growing in us. And that's why he's telling us to take off your flesh and live by the Spirit instead. It's because the Holy Spirit's the one who produces the resurrection, produces the new body. And we're not only going to live in that later, we're going to live in that right now. And I think what's difficult for me for the philosophy of like, I'm perfect just the way I am and I don't need to be anything else, is that is basic, like, especially when that's like, I believe this because science says it's true. Like, I believe God made science. Science too is Good, right? Uh, I, I, I wouldn't say that uh, if it could be scientifically proven, therefore it must be perfection because God designed science for the same reason that I wouldn't say just because God designed me, I am not therefore perfect. Um, but when we say science says this or that, therefore I am perfectly within my ranks to live this whatever way, then we are saying, hang on, Paul, I don't want to live by a spirit. Let me put my flesh back on because my science, my anatomy, my skin, this is exactly what I need to be. So um, I think there's difficulty in, in the mentality of however uh, I'm born in whatever kind of way, that's exactly as I am and will always be, whereas the Bible paints a picture of, of us receiving the Holy Spirit and now growing towards the resurrection life ahead of us. Uh, and that's not to diminish, diminish? <laughs> Demean and diminish? <laughs> that actually might be a okay word to use. That's not to diminish, diminish and demean any of our problems. Like let's say someone really does have a lot of testosterone and trying to like not act sexually is like super difficult, like more so for that person than it is for other people, right? Like they've got a hormonal imbalance that's keeping them going. But the Bible is not just like therefore at the same time, like it's cool, you do you. Like it's the way you were made, it's the science of your person. We don't hold you to any other standards than exactly as you were born or have grown in. No, the Bible is constantly like, you were made very good, very good. Like humanity is not just good, they're very good, very tope. Good in design, good in function, destined for good morality, but they are not perfect. Per perfection is the end game and we won't get there in this life. But at the same time, the Bible expects that we're growing towards whatever amount of it that we can get. Um, 
So one of actually it's Methodist teaching. We're a free Methodist church. Uh, and in our background, John Wesley teaches something called Christian perfection, which people either love or hate. <laughs> I, I enjoy the idea simply because I think it phrases the Bible well. The idea of Christian perfection is essentially could John Wesley propose, could we get to the point for it to really dumb this down? Could we get to the point where we stop sinning intentionally? And I think that the answer could be yes. That's not to say that we'll never sin again, because the Bible actually sees unintentional sin and intentional sin as different severities of, of sin. In the Old Testament, you had to make different kinds of sacrifices. One cost a whole lot more based on, like, were you intentionally hurting people versus, oh, I didn't realize I hurt you like that. My bad. You know, I'm sorry. Um, so there's different severities of that. And John Wesley just simply thought, could we allow the Holy Spirit in this life right now to work on us and chisel us so much to strip off as much of our flesh as possible that we get to the point where we live by the fruit of the Spirit at all times and no longer sin? And John Wesley thought that was possible. I map to agree with him and at the same time say I've never met anyone who pulled it off. <laughs> I've met one person who claimed to pull it off and I think they lost their Christian perfection in that moment uh, out of a lack of humility. <laughs> but um, um, I would invite people to chew on that a little more. I think even the Bible leaves space for it. Honestly, like Paul. The dude, like, says at one point, and I don't remember, like, the exact words, but, like, as far as, like, the law goes, he's like, I was blameless. <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about, dude? Like, that's crazy. But, like, Pharisees worked hard to, like, hold themselves up to the law. That was, like, their gig. Like, if they could do it, then, like, they could so expect could other people to do it. And Paul seemed to have, like, the same ideas. Like, as far as the law went, I was blameless. Then I found out, like, how much of a sinner I am. But, you know, like, as far as, like, adhering to what I thought I was supposed to do and trying to escape sin from a legalistic perspective, Paul pulled it off. Now, obviously, he didn't pull it off because he wasn't doing it with Jesus, and Jesus is the only one who can remove sin from us. But Paul believed that you could live in a much, like, spiritual way than I think we often give ourselves credit for. Whereas I think sometimes when we sin, we're just like, oh, that's just me. You know, like, <laughs> and that's, that's just what I do. And that's the way I'm scientifically programmed or that's my crutch. And that's fine. God meets us exactly where we are. He, he doesn't expect us to be somewhere else when he comes to us. He meets us at like the darkest, deepest place. And there are some things that like, biologically we're like scientifically wired that way so much that we won't change it that person with the really high testosterone isn't gonna like just be able to change you know just like you know like <laughs> um hang on i'm changing my biology you're not but there is a spiritual expectation on the christian that like i need to subject this to christ and he needs to uh dominate what uh, my life looks like more than the science of who I am does. And so, I don't know. I'm speaking a lot, but does this register make sense or clash? I think or? the Christian perfectionism, as you just put that, is what we are supposed to strive to look like. Mm -hmm. And that's how we should be trying to live our lives. 
And I do think that we could get to a point where we stop intentionally sinning, but it's going to take like years of work and years of being in the presence of Jesus and like really training yourself to turn down your sin voice. I don't know how else to <laughs> phrase that. Like you have to learn how to tune it out. Like we're not just going to stop sinning overnight, but. And the Bible does not really expect that you'll pull that off either. But you can't use, well, I'm a sinner and I was born this way as a crutch to not try. Hmm. Yeah. And I think that's just a, an important call to us. You know, I think a lot of the philosophy that people have today comes exactly from what Casey was saying earlier is this idea like God is a perfect God and he makes creation and he's perfect. So creation must therefore be perfect. And therefore I must be perfect just the way I am because I believe in a perfect God. And that's not the story that the Bible puts out. The Bible puts out a, you were made very good. Then sin corrupted everything, making it, you know, it's still good, but like everything's tainted. And uh, if we were to just live by our very goodness that's been tainted by sin for the rest of our life, be it scientific or spiritual or something, whatever word we want to use, um, I think we missed the gospel because the gospel is, it's good news about there's more than that. There's change, not just in the future, but right now. And it's not easy. And people work really hard. If you go to anyone who's dealing with addiction and going through recovery systems, they're not changing overnight. They're changing over years and years of hard, hard work that they themselves would say, I do need to change this. And the people around them would agree like, yeah, you, you do need help getting around this because it's, it's not only hurting you, but hurting others. Um, and that's the invitation to us as Christians is to, to keep growing. So anyways, you are very Tobe. You are very good. And God meets you exactly where you are, loves you exactly as who you are, not as how you should be, because none of us are as we should be. Um, but that is not the end of the story. The end of the story is heading to where we should be and the journey of the resurrection starting now, not just later. With that, join us on Discord, comment below, we'll chat with you there.